Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey, wife, did you know that Anchor is sponsoring our show? Really? Don't we use Anchor to distribute our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Yeah, and we are on just about every other platform available as well, thanks to them. Why do we use Anchor as our podcasting service? Well, they make editing and distributing our show a breeze. What if one of our listeners wants to start their own podcast? Then they should head over to anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Awesome! You guys should go do that right now! Husband! Wife! 
Um, do you know what today is? Uh, you're about to sing and tell us, I think. I am. Today is Sunday. Time for Sacrilegious Book Club. Yeah, that. <laughs> and we are covering Asimov's Guide to the Bible. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. And what pages are we covering? Today we are starting in the book of Exodus. Oh, joy. We're starting a new chapter. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> and uh, we're covering pages 118 to 130. Did you want to cover any of the topics we might be going over or no? Um, no? The way he sets it up. I, okay. I told you this last time. Oh. It's, it's a lot of geography and history and... Um, we're starting the book of Exodus, and okay. we'll talk a lot about pharaohs. Okay. All right. Some pharaohs. pharaohs. Got it. Yeah. Pharaohs. Let's do pharaohs. All right. Here we come. Pharaohs. Okay. Hey, wife. Do you like coffee in the morning? I sure do, husband. Morning, noon, night. Which reminds me, I need to add that to our grocery list because we're running low. Wait, before you do that, check out the website ungodlybrew.com where you can purchase a pound of your favorite flavor of coffee. What if I want more than one pound? Either order a larger amount or better yet, get 10% off by setting up a subscription for every two weeks or a month or whatever works for you. Did you set up something special for our listeners? You know I did. Exclusive for our listeners, get an additional 10% off subscriptions by entering the code SACRILEGIOUSCOFFEE at checkout. That's a hellishly good deal. Ungodly Brew is hellishly good coffee. Okay, in this edition of the Sacrilegious Book Club, (laughs) um, I do want to say that this section of Asimov's notes is much shorter, much shorter than the book of Genesis. Okay. So, uh, whereas the last section, or the last chapter, I should say, on Genesis was um, broken up. I broke it up into about six parts. This the book of Exodus, I'm only breaking up into like three, maybe four parts. Got it. Got it. So, um, well, there's not as many areas to cover. Right. And, like it all kind of kept within a certain boundary of things. And... Yeah. It wasn't like the beginning of time through Noah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is what uh, Genesis quite, was. Quite an expanse to cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for this one, um, generally I'm going to be covering about 12-ish pages per section, whereas last time I was covering about 15 to 17 pages per section. Okay. So just, just that general note. This one's going to go a lot quicker, I think. Got it. Got okay. It. Okay. So he starts out the book of Exodus with the word Exodus. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a smart place to start it. And Exodus just means a large exit, which, right. duh. Right. Kind of and, self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, The book of Exodus, which we already said this before also, it picks up about 400 years after Genesis. Right. So just a reminder, that's where we're at, 400 years later. Got it. And And we're no longer talking about clans, correct? um, I believe not. At least generally. I believe you are correct on that, that we are now referring to people as people, individual persons. Well, we certainly definitely refer to Moses as a person when Mm -hmm. we... No, I'll Moses. get there in a minute. <laughs> okay. Also, uh, I've covered this before as well, but Asimov points it out, so I just want to remind you guys that sure. um, when the Jewish name, uh, or, I'm sorry, when the Jewish were uh, going through this book and putting it all together, mm-hmm. they always named things um, with the first sentence of the book. That was the name of the book. Yeah. So um, this book... The book of Exodus, they just called names or the book of names. Got it. Whereas we call it Exodus. Okay. So yeah. there's that. So that's that's pretty much all that we want to take away from the 
that first bit. Okay. okay? Yeah. And that was on page 118. Okay. So moving on, we're still on page 118. That's how short that little segment was. Yeah. The next one is Ephraim. I don't know if you remember, but that was Joseph's younger son. Okay. Okay. Yep. The other one was Manasseh. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, Joseph's sons are mentioned in First Chronicles, but that is more likely a reference to the tribe generally than the person individually. And that's pretty much it. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All else concerning Jacob's sons is extra biblical legend, meaning... Those extra stories that we find occasionally and we're like, whoa. Right. That's crazy. Stuff that's outside of the Bible. Like that giant that like hits you right on the... On the, uh, oh, yeah. The Ark and stuff. Yes, yes. That was, that cool was an amazing fairy tale. Right? Jewish fairy tales are awesome, you guys. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, like, I want, I'm down with them. I want to read more about those. Totally. Um, there is a book called The Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs. Okay. And Asimov mentioned this briefly. And so what I am about to tell you is actually not in Asimov's Guide to the Bible, but I was so intrigued by... The Testaments of the Twelve Patriarchs. Yeah. That I had to go look this book up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this little bit is just extra for your ear holes. Okay. Awesome. It's a book written about 100 BCE. Okay. Purportedly the deathbed statements of each of the 12 sons of Jacob. Oh. Okay. Which, again, that would be the 12 tribes. Right. The 12 patriarchs, right? Yeah. So in the 13th century, they were introduced into the Western world. The Latin translation by Robert Grosstest or Grossetesti or Grosstesti, which I think is the funniest way to say it. He was the Bishop of Lincoln. Okay. Okay, Whatever that means for you. He believed it was a genuine work of the 12 sons of Jacob. And he accused the Jews of concealing the testaments, quote, on account of the prophecies of the Savior contained in them. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Scholarship tends to focus on this book as a Christian work, whether or not it has a Jewish predecessor because of that. Got it. But it is a work of fiction, clearly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, here is what each of the 12 sons, their story, their little story covered. Okay. Okay? And they they were each covering a sin, like that son's greatest sin. Yeah. Okay. So Reuben was about lust. Simon was about envy. Okay. Levi was about arrogance. Judah was about courage, monetary greed, and fornication. <laughs> Issachar was about abstinence. Zebulon was about ignorance and succumbing to peer pressure. Okay. Dan was about anger and lying. Mm, damn, Nephtali damn. is the only one that doesn't really fit in with this. Um, that particular story had apocalyptic elements in it. And some visions. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gad was, quote, put away hatred from your hearts and instead love one another. That doesn't sound like a sin either. Mm, no, but it, it. these are all lessons. Got so they're it. either saying don't be like this or they're saying do be like that. Got it. Got okay. It. Yeah. Asher's was follow truth with singleness of faith. Okay. Joseph covered chastity. And Benjamin covered deceit and fornication. Mm, okay. okay. Each son reviewed his own life in these stories, bewailed his shortcomings, and urged his children to avoid his sins and to practice virtue. Wow. 
wherever, whatever moral and ethical values these lectures might have, says Asimov, they are valueless as history. God, which yeah. I just love, I love right. quoting him because he just, I, I've said this before, every once in a while, he just slips in this, and that was trash. Right. Why? Well, I mean, it's not, it's part of the discourse, but sure. it's not really, like like he says, you know, it's not it's historically relevant. If you're taking the Bible as a study material, it doesn't really hold any weight as far as the... The, the book itself, the existence of the book is the entire value of it. Right. What it says in it, meh. You know? Right. But let's say that if they had included these at some point into the Bible, then we would sure. be discussing them regardless. Sure. So. Sure. But. It's a matter of whether it's in the book or not. And then. Whatever. Even from it there. Is what it is, you yeah. Know? I just. I, I love the way Asimov phrases things. Yeah. Valueless as history. Right. Regardless. Right. Okay. So that's that section and extra. Right. Um. The next section is Pharaoh, and in this we're not talking about any particular Pharaoh except for the one of the oppression, okay, okay? the Pharaoh of the oppression. So Got it. Whoever it was that oppressed the um, Israelites. Right. And this section starts on page 120, and it is by far the longest section I've covered so far. It is uh, four pages long. Wow. Yeah, and the rest are... Sometimes maybe half a page to like one and a half pages. Gotcha. Okay, so four pages was a lot. Yep. Okay. Um, so the story of the Israelites continues, right? Um, they prospered, multiplied, and grew numerous. Right. And do you remember me talking about the Hyksos, which was the foreign rulers that came in? Yes. And um, yeah. that's probably one of those was the one that welcomed... Joseph with open arms and was right. perfectly fine putting yeah, a foreigner. because they were probably related at some level or something. Right, so. right. He recognized in him a, a some kind of kindred spirit. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. that they were both Asian foreigners to right, Egypt. Right. Okay, and and again, this is not facts. This is just um, uh, something that we're saying. This probably could have happened. Sure. Um, it, it's just one of those postulates. Yeah kind of things. So the Hyksos, having maintained independence, cut off as they were. So remember I told you Egypt was kind of isolated and yeah. it allowed them to flourish for um, centuries on yep. their own. Yep. Um, they The Hyksos ruled Egypt long enough to become, quote, complacent and rather decadent. So it's like they, they rose and then they got lazy and that's how they fell. Gotcha. Kind of like any great nation. Huh? Right. Huh? Right. Huh? So after a century and a half of foreign rule, resurgent Egyptians broke their power and then a native dynasty began. So the ah. Egyptians were like, you know what? Enough of this foreign stuff. We are going back to our roots and we're taking power. Right. Okay. And a new pharaoh would likely have nothing but dislike and suspicion for the Israelites being afraid that they would join with the invaders. Right. Due to their cultural and language ties to Asian invaders. Sure. Okay. So that suspicion led to discrimination, oppression, and eventually slavery. Right. And the more that they disdained them, the more that um, there was um, the Israelites feeling icked out over that. And so then they would fight that and that would kind of like prove the oppressor's uh, point. Right. And it just got worse and worse until finally it went where it went. Sure. Okay. Yep. So then follows a really long two-page string of who could it be, okay? The 
referring to the the pharaoh of the oppression okay okay yep. like who was that pharaoh in history right and he's like could it be this guy no probably not could it be that guy no probably not got it um i skipped a lot of that because i don't really feel like it's relevant to summarizing that section other than to say it wasn't all these guys it wasn't all those guys that he suggested right. that it might be okay okay um he says, to study this better, you need to turn to Egyptian history because the Bible only cares about the plight of the Israelites, Obviously. Which, which we've seen. And and I, in my, to my understanding, the, the Egyptians kept very detailed records of things, so... Yes and no. They did, yes. But that doesn't mean that they were accurate sure. records. Sure, sure. Um, each ruler but was going to... they would gonna... denote something that's going on, so. Right, like you're going to see a ruler saying he ruled... And that part would be true, but right. what he accomplished would not necessarily. And so that muddies the waters a lot. Got it. And also, because their names are repetitive, it's hard to tell which one did what. Do you think they muddied the waters as much as Bathsheba and Sam, um, um, oh, Solomon? Oh, burn. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, here's another quote from Asimov. There are those who suggest that only the Joseph tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh, were enslaved in Egypt, and that after they left Egypt, they joined a federation of tribes who were attacking Canaan directly from the desert. Oh. Which we've kind of thought that might be the case, right? Sure. That, uh, not in those exact words or terms, but, but that, that... there was other Israelites mm -hmm. that they came across outside of Egypt. Right. Yeah. Right. So that, that wasn't shocking, but I, I thought it was neat that you and I kind of thought that, that and yeah. then asimov is like yeah probably right right so that makes me feel like a smarty beans <laughs> there is also speculation that the pharaoh of the oppression was ramses the okay. second this is the one that asimov kind of sticks behind a little bit don't okay? I, and you don't need to correct me or or, or whatever but isn't I, I don't some people um associate ramses with the devil um that i don't know hmm um, I, I could be know, wrong about that, but I, I thought that that is something that... The name Ramses means um, son of Ra. Okay. So it's a lot like the name Pharaoh, where it's not a proper name. It's a, more of a title that's bestowed upon them. Got it. So okay. um, I, I don't know. That's fine. I, um, like I said, it's not, I don't need the, the answer to it. I just It feels like I've heard something about that with regard to some meaning to biblical something or other i didn't come across that but that doesn't mean that it's not out there right so right. i i don't know the answer to that i've not heard that sure but no, there's a lot i don't know yeah so, so ramses ii was quote a vainglorious despot so that means he was an iron-fisted ruler who was extremely um proud and excited about himself Got um it. one might say trump-esque right okay um, he was in a long-term struggle with the Asians, who were he was always fighting them. They were always trying to invade, and he was always trying to fend them off and attack them back. Right. And so he would thus look down on the Israelites with suspicion, which I already said. Do you think he had a tagline like "Mega, make Egypt great again"? Probably, <laughs> probably. Those damn mega heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would not surprise me. Right. Um, this next point. It, it starts a new paragraph. If there was any pharaoh of the oppression at all. Got it. What? Right? Well, oh, no. Could the entire story be contrived? 
So mm. I've right. I've got another quote from Asimov. This I apologize, but this one is going to be a little bit quote heavy, just because he summarized things so succinctly. Yeah, sure. Um, it's easier sometimes to just pull out what he said and then put my two cents in around. Well, we it. want to hear from Asimov because we're reading Asimov. So, sure, you know, sure, like, sure. Why not? So he says this last reservation is made necessary by the fact that there is no record outside the Bible of Israelites in Egypt of their enslavement, and of their escape. Interesting. In particular, none of the events of Exodus are to be found anywhere in the Egyptian records uncovered by modern archaeologists. Hmm. Modern as of his time when he wrote this, which was in 68. I would be slightly curious to to know whether or not, I mean, were there records of Israelite slaves? Do you know? Not according to him. Okay. So, no. All right. Okay. No. Israelite enslavement. According to him, we've not found any of that either um, anywhere else or in Egyptian records. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Right. So, uh, who knows? Did it happen? Who could say? Right. Who could say? So, that's that section. Um, The next one is Pithom and Ramsey, or Ramses, or Ramses. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll explain that in a minute. Um, In Exodus... Chapter 1, verse 11, it says, And they built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses, or Ramses. Okay. okay. So those, those two things are cities. And by store cities, it meant places where they stored stuff. Got it. Um, in many Bibles, there is still a mistranslation. It refers to them as uh, treasure cities. But okay. they weren't treasures. They were storage. storage. Got it. Okay. Pithom means Patum in Egyptian, which is House of the Setting Sun. Okay. Ruins of this city were discovered in 1882 near the Suez Canal. Interesting. Of which Ramses II built an early rendition. So he built an early rendition of the Suez Canal. Huh. Okay. And ruins of the ruins contain a statue of Ramses II, which kind of bolsters the claim that maybe um, he was. That guy, because he's the only one of all the Ramses that would have put a statue of himself there. Right, right. Um, now, Ramses, Ramses, like there's two A's instead of just Ramses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an extra A. It's likely a city that Ramses had built in his own name. Similarly, he's the only guy that would have done that. Got it. So the fact that these two cities are mentioned in the Bible... Um, and that Ramses II had the vainglorious stuff going on with it, himself. It seems to lend some credence to it. Sure. And, and that bit. that's why Asimov mentions it, and that's why I'm mentioning it. Sure. Okay. But it could have been a much smaller scale than what they mm-hmm. lead us to believe. Sure. You know? Sure. So. Um, he also says, as a matter of fact, the pyramids, oddly enough, are nowhere mentioned in the Bible. So, like, when we have this picture in our head of the slaves were, um, the Israelite slaves were building pyramids. Yeah. They weren't. Huh. They weren't building pyramids. They were building store cities. They were building buildings. Gotcha. To, gotcha. you know, keep the storage. Right. They, right. Whereas, remember, the pyramids were only ever um, meant for the sarcophagus of the pharaoh. It, right. They were... Um, uh, graveyards, right, basically. Right. So the slaves would not have been building those. Got it. Okay. Who would have been building them? I don't know, but it wasn't the slaves. Okay. 
That's not what the uh, Israelites were building. Got it. And they were not, the pyramids were not mentioned in the Bible, according okay. to Asimov. Got it. Okay? Yep. So that's that section. The next section is the daughter of Pharaoh, and that starts on page 127. Okay. okay. Yep. Ramses II commanded all Israelite boy babies to be drowned. So when a son was born to a woman of the tribe of Levi, she tried to save him by placing him in a small boat of papyrus reeds, setting that uh, boat afloat on the Nile. Right. Remember that story, yeah. right? Yeah. That That's Moses, it's right? It's famous. Yeah. 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 The boat and the baby were discovered by the daughter of Pharaoh, which is what this section is about, whom the ancient Jewish historian... Josephus names as Thermoethes. Thermouths. Thermoethes. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. One of the early church fathers gave the name as Maris okay. instead. So, but we don't know right. who it was, right. right? So everybody's like, maybe her name was this, maybe it was that. But there's no telling who she was because the Pharaoh had like 50 plus daughters. Got it. So who fucking knows? Right. So, next section is Moses. That baby growed up. Yeah. Page 128. Okay. Okay. The Hebrew name of this child was Moshe. Moshe. M-O-S-H-E-H. Okay. But then when it was translated to Greek, they have no S-H sound. And also, most Greek names end with an S. So, it went from Moshe to Moses. Got it. Okay. So even the name Moses is a misfucking translation. Yes. Yes. It's a Greek translation from Hebrew. Interesting. And the reason that's important is because um, we're wondering where that name came from and how, you know, there's always a reason why one of these people has their name, right? Yeah, right. So most Bibles restore the Hebrew names, but it wasn't possible with Moses because it became too well known. Right. And there's no going back. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube on this one. Sure. So when the priestly editors saw that Moshe meant, um, you know, was the original name, they were like, oh, shit, we got to give a reason for what this name is, you know, and why why we're not going back on this one. Right, Right. So it was very similar to the name, to the word Masha, which meant to draw out. So that became the official derivation of Moses's name. And in Exodus chapter 2, verse 10, Pharaoh's daughter called his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. Ah. So they, they added that just to explain. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. why his name is. Right. Okay. But in Egyptian, Moses just means son. So like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Just just go with whatever, whichever whatever. way. Whatever, whatever floats your Whichever boat. one you like. Or your baby carriage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's another quote from Asimov. Ancient legends are full of tales of children cast away for some reason or other who are miraculously saved and go on to become people of great importance. Yeah. In the Greek legends, this is the case with Perseus, Oedipus, and Paris, for instance. In the Roman legends, with Romulus. In the Persian legends, with Cyrus. You know, I'm going to go on so far to say is... Even the United States has their rags to riches stories. Like mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. love pulling people up from the bottom to the top. Right. It's true. So it's true. It's it's a consistent but these, theme throughout these history. These are specifically babies that were cast sure. out and then, you know, found and then became great. Right. Right. But don't we love the uh, the stories of like uh, 
the Hollywood one. actress, childhood child actresses that that lost their way and then came back and made oh, yeah, something yeah, of yeah. themselves. Definitely. I mean, like, there's still those kinds of stories out there. The same kind of idea. Right. Yeah. So, in Babylonian tales, do you remember Sargon of Agati? I remember the name. I don't sure. remember why. Okay. Well, um, he's got another quote here that I'm going to read. He was just one of the guys that... Um, Sargon of Agati. Who was he? He was just one of the early guys that we talked about as it could be him for something or okay. other. Okay. Got it. That that one of these old legends was based on. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, quote, the priests in Babylon who were preparing the Hexateuch, which, you know, that would be the Pentateuch plus one. Right. So that right. would be Joshua. Um, right. Joshua. Um, in its final form, must have heard the legend of Sargon of Agati. And it is very likely that they appropriated it. Sargon of Agati is described as the illegitimate son of a noblewoman who bore him in shame and secrecy and then exposed him by putting him in a small boat of reeds and letting him drift down the river. The baby was rescued by a poor man who raised him as his own son. The biblical writers, however, improved the tale. Moses was a legitimate son and was raised by a princess. Right, right. So, yeah, these stories have been around forever, as you said. Yeah, well, I... I, I I don't know if you remember, we watched some crazy DVD years back that a friend of ours gave us. Mm, it was called Zeitgeist or yeah, something like yeah. that. And uh, it had crazy conspiracy theories in it. But like mm-hmm. one of the things that we loved in it was that it, they listed off all the stories similar to mm-hmm. the Bible stories. The, yeah. And the Bible people, like the same stories... Particularly the Jesus one. Right. The Jesus stories. And it just, it's like, that was one of the first times I was like, yeah, yeah, you know? (laughs) Yeah, the movie itself was crap, but it did introduce some neat things to think about. Right. And find elsewhere. But yeah, I think it was called Zeitgeist, so if you can get your hands on it. Right. Definitely worth a watch. I I think it also had some some conspiracy theory 9-11 shit in it. Oh, it was, it was complete trash. It was like the last section of it you could stop when you get to that last section the last section was trash it really was but everything up to that last section was really interesting it was all right the religious stuff was cool but then when it started going off i was like "Eh, yeah yeah no thank you so that was that section okay the next section is midian which is on page 129 okay okay another quote here from asimov As a grown man, Moses found himself sympathizing with the Israelite slaves, presumably out of humanity and possibly because he had learned of his own origins. Right. In a fit of anger, he killed an Egyptian overseer and, when this was found out, left Egypt hurriedly to avoid execution. Right, as you would. As you would. (laughs) So um, that's the end of that quote. He fled to Midian, which is just outside Imperial Egypt, and he lived... Um, to be 120 years old. Right. And the Bible loves this because they're able to divide his life neatly into perfect thirds. Got so it. from uh, birth to age 40, he lived as an he lived as an Egyptian prince. Right. Okay. Then ages 40 to 80, he lived as an exile in Midian. Right. And then um, ages 80 to 120, he lived as a leader of the Israelites. Yeah. And so isn't that just perfect and beautiful? It really is, yeah. Very unlikely right. that it went down that way. But I think we discussed that they didn't really... Remember how... Okay, so Moses murdered that guy, right? Mm-hmm. And, but then he came back and he did all these things against Pharaoh. They never really mm-hmm. covered 
how he was able to come back without getting executed right, or right. anything like that. So. Well, no, um, I think that there was only one witness and he like killed that witness or something. Well, so then why run in the first place? Why did uh, he I run? I don't know. I don't know. Because he did. He ran. He left. Yeah, he did. But I don't remember. I think that... Uh, I, I don't remember why that Maybe wasn't covered. Maybe just in case, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sure. Unless they gone for a few days and whatever. And see what happens. Yeah. But he did live uh, an extensive time, many years, as an exile. Before... Maybe, maybe he just... Uh, people forgot, you know? Like, he's sure. gone long enough, like, came back, was like, eh, no one knows And now, now I lead the Israelites. Right, right. So, that was it for... Um, that sacrilegious book club. All right. Um, next time, we'll still be in the book of Exodus, and we'll be covering pages 130 to 142. The subjects will be, again, Pharaoh, but this time, Pharaoh of the Exodus. Okay. And Horeb, Jehovah, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, the magicians of Egypt, Passover, Abib, and the Red Sea. All right. And it's only going to be about 12 pages, so... Y'all can keep up. There you go. Get a book. Read it. All right. Perfect. Well, we will see you guys next week with the Sacrilegious Book Club. Mm -hmm. And until then, uh, well, I guess we got our weekly replay today, but you probably aren't listening to that since you're listening to this singly. Mm -hmm. Or you are listening to this on the weekly replay. Which is amazing. And we'll see a lot of you tomorrow for the next chapter in the Bible, which will be... First Kings chapter... 11 question mark (laughs) yes yes 11 chapter 11 all right we'll see you guys then bye hey wife i guess that's the end but husband that's just sad it doesn't have to be we are on lots of social media platforms like twitter our handle there is sacrilegious underscore d for d's nuts oh my god Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.